everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today you're probably going to learn one of the deepest things you've heard on the podcast. It's actually quoted in two of the Gospels directly. Uh, today we're reading Matthew 4, Luke 4 and 5, and John 1, 15 to 51. And the super deep thing that is going to blow your mind is uh, first mentioned in Matthew 4. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. Luke says the same thing. Oftentimes when we open these episodes, we don't really know what the other person is going to say when they open. (laughs) So I was kind of like cliffhanger. I was like, like, no way, really? That's what you're going to say. I always laugh. I've read those verses a couple times and they always make me laugh. It's like... Of course he was hungry. Like, what? Hmm. yeah. <laughs> Surprised he didn't say he was dead. It is significant that Jesus gets baptized. That's what happened uh, in the prior reading. And he is immediately drawn out in the desert by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads him out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. It, Yeah, I think the order of events is very interesting. I was kind of talking about this before we started the episode. It's weird to think that Jesus, his ministry, we even read, began when he was 30, right? 30-ish years old. It's always like So, assumably, he's lived a good chunk of life beforehand, and just all of a sudden, he gets baptized. Like, John knows he's coming, but he gets baptized. The Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and rests on him, and then immediately after that, he goes to be tempted for 40 days. He starts... Well, when he comes back, he starts doing all of these miracles. He's calling people to be his disciples. Like, he's starting to get noticed by people. But what is significant is that what seems to be like these crazy things happening only happens after the spirit comes down, is like resting on him like the dove. And then he's able to do like these pretty crazy things. I mean, he is God, so there's that. But it's it's interesting. <laughs> so there's that. That leading up to that point, he's just kind of like doing his thing and then boom. It's like life is 360 changed. He's like cranking out miracles like crazy. Yeah, we just don't know a lot about what he was like. I mean, one one fun fact is that most likely he actually was not a carpenter. Uh, that's probably like a translation goofiness. There's not really any uh, trees or wood to work with in large scale and fashion uh, around Nazareth. So deserts. Yeah, exactly. Like if you think of a desert, how many trees do you see in your mind? Not many. So it's very likely that he was actually like a stone mason. And there is a a pretty significant uh, masonry project in like a city nearby Nazareth uh, that was built around the time of Jesus that is most likely where Jesus worked uh, day to day building these mm-hmm. structures out of stones. Um, so that's extra credit. But So as we're thinking about this timeline of Jesus hitting the scene and starting to perform these miracles in front of people. And then he begins calling these men to follow him in my mind. I think it's, it was easy for me to kind of sway back and forth between like, okay, this is just someone's record of what they think and kind of what they saw. And like, how do we know that Jesus was in the desert for 40 days? How do we know the conversations between them? How do we know this isn't just like weird conversations happening with Jesus and these other guys that they, I don't know, like, how is this not just made up? 
But then as we continued to read, some of the miracles that really stuck out to me were when Jesus approaches men or or just people. I don't know if it was men or women. I believe it was a man in this one instance. But it, it talks about how the demons are calling out and saying, you are the son of God. What do you want with us, Jesus? Like, what's going on? And like that, I think, is so crazy. That's so that's so telling. Like when you've got the physical world, like speaking of who you are, and then you've got the spiritual world crying out, like that to me is, that was more proof. Like, okay, this is no joke. This isn't made up. There are a lot of people witnessing these things so much so that people are like trying to drive them out because they're like, this guy's crazy. Like, who is this? So some of these accounts do like, I don't know, they cause a little bit of friction in my mind. Like, how do we know that? But then when you've got all of these realms, physical, spiritual, crying out that this is God in human form, I think that's telling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the fact that um, these guys are all, like, these are real written accounts um, from people that knew Jesus personally. And so even the fact that they are going out of their way to make sure that they record the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, there's multiple people that want to make sure they record these instances. Uh, it is one way that we can be fairly confident that this is the real Jesus. This is what he was like. I mean, if you think about your own life, um, how many people do you know that you would be compelled to write a biography of mm -hmm. to make sure that in the future people knew not about yourself, but about someone else that you know? Probably there's not many people you could think of that you mm -hmm. would be, be that compelled to do that. And Jesus has multiple people that want to do that. Um, Speaking of the, the temptation of Jesus, I've been thinking about this concept a lot. And this, I don't know, this might seem a little bit out of left field, but there's kind of this idea floating around that the early New Testament authors um, were not driven and compelled by scripture. They were driven and compelled by the resurrection. So the idea is like the early church, they didn't do a lot of study of the Bible. They didn't walk around saying the Bible said they walked around talking about their experience with Jesus and how Jesus changed their lives. And so what the church today needs to do is not talk as much about the Bible, just talk a lot about Jesus and how he changed your life. And so I've, I've heard that, um, that thought in a couple different places recently, so I've really been thinking about it. And what sticks out to me reading these accounts is that Jesus himself is quoting scripture mm -hmm. to the devil. And Jesus himself is quoting scripture in the synagogues. Uh, Jesus himself is speaking scripture to the demons. And Matthew specifically is always going out of his way to use Old Testament passages to make sure that we know that Jesus is who the Old Testament said he would be. And so just because I'm thinking about that concept recently, that people don't need to talk about the Bible, they don't need to trust the Bible, they need to trust Jesus, um, it's just a completely flawed and silly argument. Uh, you, can, you can't trust Jesus without trusting the Bible because you wouldn't even know who Jesus is if you didn't have the Bible. And so these two things go hand in hand. And I would be very, very cautious of anybody who's trying to tell you that you just need Jesus. Um because you don't even, you, like I said, you wouldn't even know who Jesus is if you didn't have the Bible. And so most of these guys that are today in today's world and in today's culture, most of these guys that are preaching this nonsense, 
Um, they're really trying to get away from being held to the standard that the Bible preaches uh, so they can be liked by more people. <laughs> One more thing that sticks out to me from uh, the reading in John is calling Nathaniel to be a disciple. I just love that story. And it might not be one you're super familiar with, um, but Nathaniel gets introduced to Jesus by Philip. And Nathaniel is actually the one that says, how could anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel's kind of like, dude, isn't that like a town full of rednecks? Like, I'm not into that. And when Jesus sees Nathaniel coming, Jesus says, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel says, this is uh, John chapter one, verse 48. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? I love that interaction. Like Jesus gives this incredible compliment to Nathaniel, right? Like this is God seeing Nathaniel saying, that's a true Israelite. There's no deceit in that man. And Nathaniel's reaction is, how do you know about me? Think about like the confidence that Nathaniel has in his character as a servant of God. Mm-hmm. That he actually says like, oh, hmm, that's true. How do you know that? And then Jesus says, like, oh, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel's like, wow, you're definitely God, which seems like seems like Nathaniel has a pretty low bar. I mean, like <laughs> any old guy that can just guess you were under a fig tree, I guess you would worship as God. Uh, but I, I just love Nathaniel's confidence in who he is. And so there's lots of your parts uh, in today's podcast. One is just like, don't be afraid of trusting the Bible. Don't be afraid of quoting the word when when you're being tempted. Um, You can quote the word and that confronts Satan directly. Uh, But I think another one is just like, what would it look like for you to have no deceit in you and for you to be confident of that fact? So confident, in fact, that you're like, yeah, that's who I am. Who are you? Um, I just love it. I love the story of Nathaniel. I think it's really good. So there's a couple of your parts in today. We'll be back again tomorrow with more of the Gospels. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Matthew chapter four. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So there it was spoken by the prophet of Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, 
And for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, and going on from there he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and from the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Luke chapter 4. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, To you I will give all this authority and all their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I gave it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they shall bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had endured every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in our hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own hometown. But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three and three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath, in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, 
And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of a hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick and the various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Chapter 5 On one occasion, when the crowd came in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. While he was in one of their cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him not to tell anyone, but to go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with the bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. 
And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. After this he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and other reclining at the table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it in an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. John chapter 1, starting in verse 15. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one that you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. 
The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.